Man, oh, man, did he have a joke with my behind? I remember one time he said, boy, for high school graduation, I'm going to take you up and buy you the biggest, best dinner you ever had, the biggest, most fanciest place in the whole wide world. I said, well, Daddy, I appreciate it. So we went out to this place. Daddy had his good polyester leisure suit on. I had my Nehru jacket, my chinos. We were dressed to the teeth. That waiter showed us a good table. We sat down. Daddy ordered the mentholated Tipperello lean back pretty as you please. He said, boy, order anything you want. Don't worry about the price. I looked there. Twin lobster tails, $17. He said, don't worry about it, boy. Get it, get it like a big dog. He said, waiter, waiter, get on over here now. I like a cold beer sarsaparilla for my son over there. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have me the twin lobster tails and the filet, all right? I want the filet mignon. The boy there's going to have the twin lobster tail. I said, well, I believe I have the filet, too. He said, all right, we're going to do it up proud. The boy graduated from high school. Congratulations, behind. So the waiter, you know, congratulated him. Well, we ate. And Daddy drank. And he regaled me with stories. I don't think it was the best time I ever had out with my daddy. When I'm sitting there, and Daddy says, waiter. chocolate mousse, would you? He said, boy, I'm gonna go shake the dew off the lily. I'll be right back. So then I walk into the men's room, and I'm sitting there thinking, boy, this has sure been a fun night. When I hear this rapping on the glass outside the restaurant. Now I turn around, and there's Daddy out on the street. Big grin on his face. Pointing at me and laughing and backing up. Backing away. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is Daddy gonna leave me stuck with the tab? Oh no! And he just took off running. And I'm sitting there twitching in my seat. I look into my pocket, I had my jackknife, a rabbit's foot, and three cents. I thought, Daddy, I'm gonna get out of here and I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I've been washing dishes for ten years in this place. Well, they needed the table. There was people lying up outside. The waiter's looking at me nervously, looking at his watch. I said, my daddy might have, might have been sick. I'm going to go check out. I'll be right back. So I run in the bathroom. I figure, I got to figure out how daddy got the hell out of here. I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, Lord, stick with me. Lord, stick with me. Then I opened one of the stalls, and I saw it. There was a little window up there, about 10 feet off the ground. I wonder, how did Dad get up there? And then I realized he stood on the toilet seat, jumped up, grabbed the pipe, and shimmied out of there. Well, I could hear people shuffling around inside the bathroom. So I want to make it look good in case anybody looked under the stall. So I dropped my pants, and it was around my ankle. And then I climbed up on the toilet seat, and I jumped, and I caught that pipe just then. Whammo! The waiter kicked open the door. Saw me hanging there. He said, what is the meaning of this? I said, uh, I thought fast. I said, do you realize how cold these seats are? More craziness is coming up on the best of Greece <laughs> on DC 101. Every day I'd walk into the OR, throw my arms skyward, and scream, these hands have been touched by God! And I remember when I first came on staff at Blauman General, I worked for a tremendous surgeon. This guy was, was just crack-a-jack. His name was Dr. Blasnalis. And he was the first man to pioneer the, rad, the radical dudectomy, which 
is basically a doodad implant. And one day he came to me, he said, I need someone to assist during a doodectomy, would you? Uh... I said, you really want me there, Dr. Blasonis? It would be an honor. He said, stop your blithering and scrub up. So sure enough, I, I watched the poor man had sustained terrible trauma to the doodads, and he was about to receive an implant, and... The surgery went without fuss or muss. Until he was ready for the implant, he said, Dr. Grishmanelli, would you be so kind as to go to the refrigerator and retrieve the donor doodad? I said, certainly. I walked into the freezer compartment. I was so nervous, though, that I dropped it and stepped on it. It was like a one-two punch. I turned to walk away. It fell out of the Petri dish onto the floor, and I still... I thought, my God, what am I going to do? I can't go in and tell Dr. Blatanis, uh, you know that don't do that you had here. I just smushed it here. I figured he might be so angry he'd take one of mine. <laughs> I thought fast that I went back into the freezer compartment. There were some onions in there. Like scallions, you know. I reached in there, I grabbed one, I took the long green stalk, cut it off, trimmed it nicely. It turned to be just as safe, the same shape as a doodad. I put it on the Petri dish. I walked in there, I said, all right, Doc. He said, it took you long enough. I said, I'm sorry, I just want to study it for a second. Here's the donor doodad. He grabbed it, the pair of forceps. And it was pouch bound. Well, as soon as he made the implant, he said, okay, you can close for me, if you would, so I... Hastily sutured the area, and uh, the patient recovered normally. But needless to say, it was with some apprehension that we released him from the hospital. I was the only one who knew that the man was carrying a scallion. Well, needless to say, I was nervous when the nurse said, The patient's here for a checkup. It was two weeks after the operation. I hastily closed the door of my office. Uh, I said, All right, sir, if you would sit down. How's everything going in the recovery period? Is it uh, adapting well? Uh, the guy said, well, I got three problems that I'm not too thrilled with. I'll be honest with you. Number one, uh, when I take a leak, it burns like hell. Number two, when I make love to my wife, she gets indigestion. And number three, when I pass a hamburger stand, I get ten hot. The Grease Man on DC 101. There's one and only one. Dog done chewed on. Sing something like this. I can't sell my mama short on loving me. Maybe that's why she let me go so far. Mama said that to keep me from stealing there. But somehow I just had to steal that car. Well, she told me not to lap it there, but I did there. And I said, ooh, oy vey. And I turned out to be... The only hell my mama ever raised. Well, I ended up getting married to a hose bag named Estelle. Mama said, don't do it, dear. You should be warned by her smell. I said she really likes to hobble. And I think, shame, mama, you'd be amazed. Turned out to be the only hell my mama ever raised. And I said, precious memory, take me back to the good old days. Let me hear my mama singing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. 
She tried to turn me on to Jesus, but I turned on to the devil's ways. And I turned out to be the only hell my mama ever raised. Sure enough, that divorce really drove me down. That judge said, make them payments. Oh, boy, you're gonna pay where it's brown. I said, I ain't paying a nickel. That judge looked at me and said, 90 days. And I turned out to be... The only hell my mama ever raised. And I said, precious memory, take me back to the good old days. Let me hear my mama singing, rock of ages cleft for me. She tried to turn me on to Jesus, but I turned on to the devil's ways. I turned out to be the only hell my mama ever raised. She tried to turn me on to Jesus, but I turned on to the devil's ways. And I turned out to be the only hell my mama ever raised. Watch me like. Strap on a gun and pin on a bag and become a lawman. Well, it's three o'clock in the morning. You're on the midnight shift and you're waiting, not for action, not for excitement, because there's nothing happening. The radio's dead. It's almost like the thing is out of order. You are waiting for Gag and Annie. It's the only way you never make it through the midnight watch. She comes around. Many's the time you see an officer parked in that supermarket parking lot at 3 o'clock in the morning. There behind the dumpster. Dome light flipping on and off as he leans back and enjoys the pleasure that only Gag and Nanny can provide. You're looking nervously at your watch. She's late. And up ahead, you see her. Wait a minute. She's getting into a highway patrol car. You say, hey, what are you doing with that road, road shit? That highway patrolman sees you come walking over and he hits the gas. <laughs> come back here with Gag and Addie. She belongs to the city police. So you hop inside your car. <laughs> and you take off after him. Come back here, you maggot. Come back here. But that highway patrolman's got that 442 open wide. But you got your head. Gesticulating out the window. There's no way we're gonna give up Gag and Andy to the highway patrol. There is no way, Jose. How are we gonna get through the midnight watch? How are we gonna work on Christmas Day without Gag and Andy to make it a little easier? So you unsnap that magnum and do what you gotta do. You hold the steering wheel with your knees and you just fan that thing, aiming for his tire. Sure enough, Gag and Annie goes through the windshield. 
<laughs> you jack that highway patrolman out of the car. You look at Andy, she's dead. I mean, she's uh, she, we're talking toe tagged. The highway patrolman says, "You gonna turn me in there?" You say, "No, you got a way out of here. You got a way out of here." You got to replace Gag and Annie on the circuit. You point to that bad boy and say, okay, schluck him. The Grease Man on DC 101. You know, there's something I always... Virginia. I was driving along and I saw the heat light come on in the car. I figured I better pull over a second. Make sure that bad boy cooled down because I didn't want to get stranded out there. So I'm idle in front of this old farmhouse. I knock on the door. Old farmer comes out. So I said, buddy, I, I want to borrow a little water from you for my radio. Would that be all right? He said, come on in, son. Set a spell. I ain't doing nothing. So on his ramshackle old house, sat down and he poured me some lemonade. I heard a thump from upstairs. I looked up at the ceiling. He said, don't mind that. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's my boy. He don't never come down because we don't let him down. I said, you mean you just keep him up there? He said, yes, sir, I do. We bring him his food. I said, well, what's the matter with him? All the color drained from that farmer's face. He said, he is strange, son. He is strange. Don't even ask me. He said that. He said, he spat all over me. I could see the pyrea all around, missing most of his teeth. He said, don't even ask me about that boy. He is so sick. He's an abomination. The family is ashamed. I said, well, aren't there child welfare services you can call to help the boy if he's a little off? He said, we take care of our own in West Virginia. We take it. We don't bring nobody in. A man has a boy that's weird, that's strange, that's off. He takes care of it himself. He don't bring in no city people. Now, you want to take that? I said, I'm sorry. I said, well, I've had a little experience. I'm a medical man. Maybe I can take a look at the boy and see. Maybe he's got something treatable. Who knows? Maybe he's got dyslexia. Maybe. He said, I don't know. I don't need no big fancy city term for what my boy's got. The boy's weird. Let it go with that. But take your water and get it. I said, but sir, you know, I had visions. Of, you know, you read about it in choir. Boy held 12 years in Rome. When found by authorities sitting in his own defecation there. Practically a savage, hair matted to the side of his face, haunted eyes like a wolf in a den. I said, sir, please, I ain't going to turn you in. I just want to look at the boy. Maybe I can give you some helpful advice. He said, all right, your funeral. Don't say I didn't warn you. He took this big old nasty-looking key from out of his dirty pocket, and we walked up them creaking stairs, and he pushed open the door of that room. And there's that boy sitting there at his desk in front of his personal computer, uh, working on his uh, on his French lessons. Uh, I looked around. There were little model airplanes that he'd painstakingly painted hanging from the ceiling, uh, perfectly suspended. Uh, there were a couple of thinking boys' toys in the corner, a Venus Paradise pencil kit perfectly colored, uh, and several first edition leather-bound volumes of the Poe classics. The boy was well-groomed, had a bright smile, all his teeth. He looked at me. He said, well, hello, sir. The farmer looked at me and said, see what I tell you, huh? He's just sick as a dog! All right, that's it. We're out of here. Oh, Nelly, DC 101, uh, the Grease Man, another best of show, bites the dust. Captain Martinez! That's right, Captain Martinez. We're going out today, so... Uh, 
I want you on the fly bridge here with your slicker on. I want you to activate the radar, activate the satellite navigation system. And uh, I want you up on the fly bridge, buddy. The thought of that water dripping down the back of your neck. The thought of the winds lashing your face. Uh, the thought of the freezing cold temperatures causing you to shiver as you sit at the helm. Uh, you see, Captain Martinez, uh, the more discomfort you feel uh, makes us feel even more cozer down below. Eh? <laughs> we shall be there. We've, uh, I trust you'll have a joyous weekend regardless of the weather and uh, we'll rock again Monday morning 545 with Rock'em Sock'em Max. Until then, as we used to say, back at old Mexico City. Hey, yeah, man. Man, come on! South of the border! We need it. This time of year, we should hit the left. The land of the dead. I'm telling you. The balmy breezes. The unspoiled beaches. Some of the guys are pretty nice, too. Ah. We had a problem on a flight down there. We were going down Air Mexico. And there were a lot of people going home for the holidays. Estelle and I went sitting there, minding our own business, dumb and true to magazine. But this little kid that's seated from with his family, I don't know, little kid, barely able to talk, climbs up on the seat, he's looking over the seat at me, and I smiled, I went, hi. And the kid went, stinky gringo. Stinky gringo. And I expected the parents to say, you know, hey, Pedro, knock it off. But instead, the father said, I could hear him on the other side of the sea saying, don't talk to any gringos, Pedro. Sit down. Instead of discipline, that was kind of rude. The kid's looking at me going, stinky gringo. The father says, don't talk to any gringos. Not, don't talk to any gringos in that manner. That is very impolite, and you should not, even if you think that they are stinky gringos, say that they are stinky gringos. He just said, don't talk to any gringos. And who the hell are these people, eh? Every now and then, a kid get up and go, stinky gringo. Finally, the father gets up to go, go down to the can. I waited until he was in there and slipped the old occupado sign on there. And I grabbed that kid by the back of the head. I said, you want to see stinky gringos? And I buried his face in my armpit. I've been traveling all day long, 15 connections, 14 hours in the air. I rubbed that kid's face in my armpit. I threw him back in the seat. The father came back and said, ay caramba, Carmelita, call the pilot to make an emergency setting. Look, our child's eyebrows are rotting. I saw you stinky gringo. That's <laughs> one gringo he'll never forget. And I'm sure the child that was barely able to say stinky gringo didn't have the, uh, the uh, vocabulary to say, Father, this hideous man in the row behind us picked me up, grabbed me, thrust my face in his hideously offensive armpit, rolled it around numerous times, and then hurled me back into my seat. See, that's the great thing. So, uh... Uh, I meant no harm, however, just a lesson in politeness, eh? <laughs> 28 after 7, the commander in charge. This is 101. 2-1-101 is my number, 1-800-5-3-DC-101. Yeah, it's great, sir. Yeah, go ahead. What's going on, man? What can I do for you? Um, I was wondering to say something to him for a birthday or something. Uh, no, we don't do birthdays. Two Bush League. 101. Long distance line. 1-800-5-3-DC-101 works anywhere, anytime. Hello? Hello. Who's it? It's the grease man. Ah, little caller. 
Did you ever take an Air Mexico flight a couple of years ago? Yes. Yeah, that was you. So did your eyebrows ever grow back or what? Can you tell me a Christmas story? You want to hear a Christmas story? What's your name? Kelly. Little Kelly. Are you a boy or a girl? And yeah, yeah, little Kelly's little mystified, staring at us. I think that was the kid. That was little Kelita. All right, I'll have a Christmas story for you. Sure, little miss. Hang on a second, okay? We got we to gotta talk to uh, Big Dex, and then uh, we'll be back with Christmas stories and wacky fun. So be listening. Another year, I should say. All right, now it's time for a sound of the season. So let's gear up about a weird kind of snowman. Frothy the man was a zesty kind of guy. He would wail away and all day with a twinkle in his eye. Frothy the man will warm up those winter days. He will drop his trowel and holy cow. Keep him away from those bombays. There must be something magic in that fuselage he's got. Cause when the weather starts getting cold, that thing just gets so hot. Oh, Frothy the man was as active as you and me. And the ladies say when he came to play, it was always a boogie. Yeah, look at him. There's Frothy the man. Yeah, he's doing that shuffle. Frothy the man knew he wouldn't always last. So he said, little miss, please attend to this, cause I think I'm fading fast. Under the covers, with his two dots in his hand, she began to squeal as he did feel those flowing prostate glands. He settled back exhausted with a camel in his mouth. And with a sly look in his eye, did you mind if I go south? Oh, Frothy the man had to hurry after this, cause he couldn't stand those nagging demands in the aftermath of his sweet bliss. There goes Frothy! Story of a brutal Christmas Estelle and I spent one year. Uh, it helps me to vent my spleen. I hope you don't mind. I, I come on the air and use you as almost my therapist. Use uh, you to, to ease the burden that I feel. Uh, it's uh, 17 before 8 o'clock. The commander here. Look out. Jim Hall's Christmas with Estelle was, was a true nightmare. Because we couldn't agree on anything. And, even decorating the tree one year was an ordeal. It was a couple days before Christmas, as usual. We'd put it off and put it off. So, you know, we had a system. I did the high part of the tree because I was a lot taller than she, and she did the low part. And know what's not to like? So I'm decorating away. She said, honey, you got too many red balls on the right side of the tree. I said, no, it's, it's balanced. Look, see that? Red, blue, gold. Red, blue, gold. He said, well, the Christmas tree is not supposed to be balanced. It's supposed to be, you know, like splashes of color. You don't have to make it organized. I, 
I think you should move those two red balls to the left. I said, I like them where they... Look, am I telling you how you're decorating the bottom of the tree wrong? Huh? I like the way you're doing the bottom of the tree. It looks good. Now, leave me alone on the top. She said, yeah, but the tree's going to be lopsided. I'm doing it the right way on the bottom, but you're doing it the wrong way on the top. I think you should move those red balls. I said, you see these red balls here? They go, they moved. There they are. Now they're moved, huh? Has it balanced now? She said, oh, that's nice. That's real nice. Real nice. I had those things for 15 years. I said, who'd you get them from? Your first boyfriend, Brad? Great. Here's the rest of them. I always wondered where those things came from. Now I know. Huh? 15 years ago, Brad gave them to you, didn't he? Huh? The first one you ever were with. She said, now you bring that. How do we get on to something of Brad? But I'm telling you, I, I said that because Brad always comes up in our life. Brad always comes up in our life. He probably gave you all these two. Did he give you this nativity scene? Huh? What about this major? Take down the whole tree while you're at it. I said, that's a good idea! Pick the whole thing up and throw it right out the window! And I watched as it spiraled over the veranda, woof, into the lawn. She said, oh, that's nice. That's real nice. You are just too much. Yeah. I said, let me tell you something, Estelle. Let me tell you something right here and right now. If we can't even put up a Christmas tree without having a full-scale World War III breakout, how do you expect to have a life? She said, just it. We don't have a life. We don't have anything because you're an animal. I said, animal, you're a Then there was a knock at the door. I said, I opened the door. Fifteen carolers there. Uh, Fifteen carolers there. And I'm thinking to myself, the spittle is cascading over my mouth. My eyes are bulging in my head. My blood pressure is like 275 over 180. I'm standing there. A veritable mouthful of Sylvia's running to explode. Locked in position of the other guy with a smiling face. I said, Along come the bell, sweet silver bell, songs seem to say, Gasping here. I'm gasping. I'm flushed. I'm florid. Another word for you. Florid. 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 That happens when you're beefy. You become florid after a flight of stairs. Your cheeks rosy as your red blood corp fuckles trying desperately to accommodate the demands placed in an already overburdened circulatory system. So today when you were florid. Stairs, when I was uh, watching you run stairs.
That's the drawback of a boat like that. Now, this boat, frankly, we just load it up on the trailer. There's no engine. We don't have to worry about winterization and water in the tubes and uh, flushing a cooling system and water. I mean, uh, I mean, there are lots of things. Sure, uh, admittedly, maybe there's something to be said for a boat like that, but... Uh, but a boat like this, we really have it all. We get to enjoy the outdoors, and then when the wintertime comes, no big hassle. We just don't use it. Everywhere. And then again, if we have a nice day in January, we can come out. We can just sail along. If we get a... I said, hey, mother! Yeah, do you smoke? And the guy says, no, I do not smoke. I said, good, because there's probably not room for a pack of cigarettes on board that thing, huh? <laughs> hey, yeah. He said, I'll have you know that this boat is quite adequate. I said, this is quite adequate. <laughs> Come on, hot shot. And I stood there. The man was appalled, shocked. The hog turned away. I said, Come on. I mean, I don't take a dressing down lightly. And so as I stood there, waving at the man, I said, Come on, hot shot. Come on. He said, All right, I'll tell you. I mean, he was like livid. He just dove into the water. And started swimming towards me. I uh, opened the cabin door, started to go below. He said, where are you going? Uh -huh, what's the matter? Are you afraid I'm coming over there? I said, no, I just want to flush the head while you're in the water. I'll be right back. I'll be waiting for you. I'll be waiting for you, Jack. He's uh, 19 minutes after 8 o'clock with the grease man here. Yes, we'll do a little fudge, man. Of course, today is a day. But who do we have? Protecting the bomb is from untoward and unexpected violation. Well, there is such a superhero, and here he comes in his cape driving the Fudge Mobile now. He's Fudge Man! 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 Fudgeman, Fudgeman. Well, as we join Fudgeman, he's speaking animatedly to his young chicken assistant, Throbbin, as he drives with one hand, the other hand resting lightly but firmly on his knee, occasionally giving a squeeze to emphasize a point. Throbbin shows signs of arousal as Fudgeman lets Throbbin know what's going on. You see, Throbbin. The reason we're in this exclusive part of town is that there's a film producer who lures good-looking actors into his lair and then speckles them. The actors thinking it's the part of a lifetime, a dream part, much like Gone with the Wind was for Gable. He talks to them about making him a star, about unending promotion, and then, just when he has the actor hooked, he jumps up and speckles the unsuspecting sob. Holy hydraulics, Fudgeman! Who is he? Metro Goldwyn Sprayer. Jumpin' gerbils, Fudgeman! You mean the Metro Goldwyn Sprayer? That's right, Robin. Just think of it. Imagine if you were a young thespian. But I thought we were gay! No, thespian. Thespian. I'm a young actor. Suppose you were a young actor. And you had your heart set on something only to end up with globules. Cascading across your forehead. What would you think? Golly, Fudgeman, I'd be nonplussed! That's the way it is with these actors. That's why I'm driving so fast. We gotta get there because Metro Golden Sprayer's got James Garner in there. Think he can make a comeback. Another role. Bigger than Maverick. I'm back on the TV every night with a regular show. Well, golly, fun man, you better hurry. Ten minutes later, up the elevator they go. 
but it's too late. There's Metro Goldwyn Sprayer. There's James Garner looking over a script when suddenly. <laughs> Cuffs on him. All right, Mr. Gunner. Looks like we got here just in the nick of time. If you don't mind, sir, please drop trial. We want to check the Bombay's to make sure there has been no untoward assault. We've brought tux tissue and balneol just in case. All right. Throbbin, come on over here. I want you to look at this. Excuse us, Mr. Garner, while we examine. Just think one day, Throbbin, you'll be able to tell your grandchildren you saw the Rockford piles. <laughs> <laughs> and so, all's well that ends well for Fudge Man and Problem. We leave them with a roll of paper towels, standing there asking for Mr. Garner's autograph, and then resuming patrol. Because evil never sleeps, evil never takes a holiday, there is no Christmas vacation. Robin and Fudge Man. 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 I just, I see the beautiful day, I, now I see a beautiful woman. I know it's unusual to have a man come up at you like this when you're trying to shop with your kids. I just had to say that you are lovely. When Daddy popped his head out the truck window and said, that goes double for me. Beautiful woman. Beautiful. Well, ain't nobody told her that in 20 years. Probably never. She blushed. But to Daddy and me, she was beautiful. He said, ma'am, how'd you like to ride with me in my truck? She said, well, I don't, I'm well. I, well, I have my kids. I said, no problem. Tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll watch your groceries and the kids while uh, you can ride with my daddy. And then daddy can watch the kids while you can ride with me. She said, well, all right. So she hops in the truck and daddy takes off. I see him at the far end of the parking lot just tearing it up. I mean, yeah. Hey, those load levelers were uh, being tested to the max. Yeah. Imagine my shock and horror when this big, beefy, brawny guy comes up and goes, Hey, what are you doing with my kids? I said, Oh, oh my, I, I, you must be Mr. Oh, geez. I, well, I, uh, uh, um, uh, your wife forgot something in the store, and uh, she asked me to uh, watch the groceries of the kids, so that's why I'm here. And the guy said, Well, that was nice of you. I said, That's all right. She forgot something for you that she was going to make a special dinner for you. And uh, my father... Uh, 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 walked there with her because there were a couple of punks hanging around here and, uh, and they were harassing her, lovely as your wife is. And, uh, and my father went with her to uh, escort her back so she wouldn't be bothered by them. And I'm watching your kids and nobody bother them. And the guy looked at me and said, well, that's real nice of the both of you. And I think we would have pulled it off if uh, when she and Daddy came walking up, she wasn't going. The Grease Man on DC 101. Load it up! Two full banana clips. Man. You in a gun 
sends it on. Understand the way a man feels when he opens a box, and there it is sitting there, still in that paper they that kind of greasy paper they wrap them in, smelling so fresh, light film of oil on it. You pick it up and you have to, and it feels good in your hand. Box of cartridges fresh from the factory. One by one, you load the clip. You feel the tension of the spring. You slam home the clip, you jack back the bolt. And you're ready. Brap, brap, brap. I remember my, my reaction when my honey gave me that bad boy. It was so sweet. Uh, I never forget. I hefted that thing. I said, let me just fire a burst. Uh, she said, no, we can go to the... We can go to the range on Monday. I said, Monday? She said, yeah, we got too much to do today. We don't really... I said, I can't wait to go to the range. Let me just fire one burst out the window, eh? Up in the air, it's late. She said, what, are you crazy? I said, just... She said, you know what? It's going to fall down. Who knows? Maybe there's a plane flying way up there. Yeah. That's all you need. We'll be watching the news tonight. We'll hear, you know, four slain by mystery gunman downtown. You know. Wait till we get to the ranch. I said, honey, just one. She said, no. I said, hey, wait, let me go out in the backyard. Let me just fire a burst into the ground. I was like, I just want to feel that thing chattering in my head. I want to hear it talking to me. She said, you can't. And she said, both one of those bullets hits a stone and ricochets wildly. That's all you need. No. No firing into the ground. No firing into the air. I'm about to... She said, no. We'll wait till we get to the range. Said, Don't make me regret giving you this present. I said, no. I said, hey, well, let's go in the, in the porcelain convenience. Let me fire just a round down the turlet. That won't hurt anything, right? Just down around the porcelain. She said, yeah, that's right. That's all we need is leaks. Although, suppose the bullets penetrate. That's all you need is a leaking toilet, eh? Call a Roto-Rooter man. Wait till you see this. Sorry, my husband shot the toilet. Can you fix it? What? Why did he shoot the toilet? No. I tell you what. Compromise. I fire a burst into the wall. We'll move the couch, fire the burst into the wall, and then move the couch back. And then later on, I'll putty up the holes. All right? I'm going to sell a place anyway. What the hell? Nobody will see it behind the couch. You know, for crying out loud. I said, just one clip, okay? Just one clip. I'm full auto. Just one. One. Blah, blah, blah. She said, I guess I'm going to get no peace from you if you do that. I said, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Move the couch. Let me move this thing. You want it to do like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Honey, you want to run next door and check on the hash bags? Uh, uh, the Grease Man yeah. on DC 101. I'd hide away in the woods. And I'd sit. Whoop, 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 whoop. I'm a West Virginia boy, a West Virginia guy. West Virginia is my pride and joy. West Virginia is good enough for me. And I said, bad lip, 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 bad lip,
moral. The teacher said, do y'all know what it means when a story like has a moral to it? I want y'all to get up and tell me something in your life that's had a moral to it. So little Jenny gets up and says, well, one time I spilled my milk. And, and Mama thought my brother did it, and she was going to give a beat. I said, no, wait, Mama. I spilled the milk. He wasn't responsible, and my mama was so impressed that I told the truth that neither one of us got a beat. Teacher said, well, what's the moral of that? She said, well, the moral is always tell the truth because something good will happen to you. She said, that's very good. What about you, Harvey? Well, Harvey jumps up and says, well, my mommy and daddy told me never to cross the street except when there's a green light at the corner. Because what? I didn't want to because I take a lot of time. You got to walk to the corner. But then one day I was standing there with my wagon. And little Jimmy, who lives down the street from us, he just darted out between two cars and he got hit by a car and had to go to the hospital. And the teacher said, well, what's the moral? The boy said, well, you always listen to your mommy and daddy because they know what's right. And chances are it's for your own sake. She said, very good. Well, Jasper's listening to all this. With a kind of disgusted look on his face. He said, little Jasper, you have a story with a moral? He says, yeah, I do. When my daddy was in Vietnam, he was in a foxhole, surrounded by the enemy. Must have been 200 of them. All he had was 10 rounds of ammunition, a hand grenade, and half a bottle of Jack Daniels. So daddy drank down that half a bottle of Jack Daniels. He stood up and fired all his ammunition in a big circle. And then he threw that hand grenade. Killed all them NVA soldiers. said, well, Jasper, what's the moral of that story? Jasper said, the moral is, don't jack with my daddy when he's drunk. It's the Grease Man on Washington's number one huh. rock and roll radio station. Oh, sweet, sweet. Oh, heavy. How much you got a handbook? Chapter 909. Make her take that football fall. All you need to invest, and it's a one-time investment, you can use it time and time again. In full football regalia. Shoulder pads, helmet. Uniform. Shoes to hold me. Have some fake name put on the back in a Watson. Roll around in the mud a little bit. And then find the nearest gathering place. Walk through the door and take a look around at the gash dash. Decided there's something there that looks like worthy of firing upon. I just go walking in there. Come on, bold, proud, like a football player. Just go walking in there saying, All right, skins. Everybody will look at you, of course. You slam your helmet down on the bar. You say, Congratulate me. William's out of here. Schrader history. I'm the new starting QB. Now, a lot of the guys in the place that follow the sport, of course, will know. They'll take one look at you and realize you're not on the team. They never heard of you. There's no such number. But a lot of the babes in the place won't know from nothing. The guys will turn and look away and say, oh, totally bourgeois. The women will look at you and say, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I just 
just got back from practice, you announced loudly. You got the starting job. Unbelievable. Yeah, I guess I'll open watchings. Be a restaurant in town before too long. You know, that's what everybody does. They make it big. Yeah. So anyway, I feel kind of bad about knocking Jay and Doug out of the job, but uh, what the hey, you know, it's good for the team, good for the skins, good for the town. Hey, 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 hey. Walk over to the best-looking baby's place. Say, excuse me, I don't normally do this. I'm celebrating. Uh, my income is just quintupled. I wonder if I could buy a drink. Oh, hold on. Let me buy a bottle. Let me buy the place. Well, you, you want this bar? I'll buy you the bar. Okay. <laughs> Forgive me for being a little, uh, a little forward here, but it's a celebration time. And let's face it, I'm a football, and I am, I am trained for contracts, and so I'd like to contact you. You buy her a couple of belts. You sit down and you know, even put that little anti-glare blackening stuff under your eyes, you know, to give you that that warrior look. Well, you settle down as you talk to her. Of course, you put your helmet on the table. Before you put the helmet on, make sure you whatever you do, you go out, you know, and bang it against the wall a lot of times so it has that butt-like warrior look about it. Smash and kick that helmet around. Lay it on the table and say, yeah! It's been a long time. You know, I played Pop Warner, I played in high school, college. But finally, I made it. Finally, I'm into the money. You know, all the bumps and bruises, all the hits, the orthoscopic surgery on my doorbell. That's all been worth it. Tell you what, let's get out of this place. I'm up for a big meal, you know? And you, you could use the supposed elation you have at being the starting quarterback to, to be very forward. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you out of here. First of all, let me get out of this uniform. Uh, let's get the best room at the Four Seasons. What do you say? Get the best room at the Four Seasons. I'm going to take a uh, shower, and I'm going to have a tuxedo sent up, okay? Hey, what the hell? I got the job. Tell you what, let's drive over there. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, uh, and then we'll, uh, you know, anywhere in town you want to eat, I'll buy the whole section of the restaurant. You got some friends? Are uh, your mother and a couple of girlfriends? Have them come with us. Come on, let's go. So you get in your car. Uh, on the drive over there, you know, she thinks she's going to the four. She, 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 yeah, I can call my mother, I can call my girlfriend. Yeah, I'll go out with a new school because starting quarterback at a race. Say, look, forgive me for doing this. I can't help myself. There's something about the danger, the excitement. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that snarling and gnarling as you're headed down M Street. Yeah, uh, it's kind of nice. Kind of sweet, eh? <laughs> Guys in the metro buses giving you the thumbs up sign. You lay your head back on the uh, the headrest, teeth gnashing. Oh, needless to say, when you put up in front of the hotel after a shuddering shake of law, a doorman opens the door to let her out, and you just. Ah oh, man, no fuss, no fuss. He's sweet, yeah. It's 23 minutes there. Hey, uh, bye bye. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Hey, hey, hey. And there you are. Whitehurst Freeway. She's on the floor. Yes, I don't know what, what his number was. I can't remember. His name was Watson, right? The new starting quarterback on the Redskins. What? Hello, officer, why are you laughing? Who is this? <laughs> he hung up on me. My God. Hey. Unbelievable. What is this going on?